Today we'll be debating the best albums of 1992, and then we'll be discussing circumcision. This is Doctor vs. Comedian. I'm Dr. Asif Doja, and this is the Doctor of Laughs. Not a real doctor. Ali Hassan. Every episode, I pick a topic for Ali from comedy and entertainment, and I question him about it. Then Ali picks a topic from medicine and health and grills me on that topic. Today, Ali and I will be debating the best albums from 1992, and then we'll be talking about circumcision. Which sounds like an amazing band from 1992, but we're talking about actual circumcision. We're going from music... To penis today. That's our focus. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Uh, before we get into all those topics, Ellie, I got some uh, news. You tell me if this is good news or bad news. We had a big launch on TikTok a couple of weeks ago. Lots of views for some of our videos. It was very strange because I basically put a bunch of videos that we'd already released. So our interview with Biff Naked, uh, Sidney McElroy, some yep, clips from stuff that. that's Dr. on Instagram. Yeah, Dr. Glaucom Flecken. So that, just put those up. Some of them were getting quite a few views. It's weird, though. Like, I would have one Sidney McElroy interview, which would be, like, several hundred views, and then one that had zero views. I'm like, well, aren't you guys interested in the other stuff this woman has to say? Anyway, that was all going fine. And then about a week or two into it, I get an email from TikTok. In fact, I didn't. it was an email first. It was just I tried to log on. It says, you have been permanently banned from TikTok. What? <laughs> and... I'm like, because of repeated violations and basically they implied that we told you several times and you didn't listen to us. I'm like, oh. this is the first message I got. You haven't emailed me anything. I'm like, what are you talking about? And then, uh, so you can appeal online. So I appealed. I said, what was the problem with this? And then I got this email. I'm going to find it here. Uh, it says you are too old for TikTok. <laughs> Exactly. Which was my original concern exactly. for you. But okay, no, I'm very interested in this. Tell me what happened. They say, thanks for contacting TikTok. These are all bots and like, you, it's never a real person, right? Oh, thanks no, there's bots running the thing that has the bots on it. <laughs> it's, there's it's bots all, everywhere. It's the bots are taking over. This is basically Skynet from Terminator 2 is taking over. Yeah. We understand how important your account is to you. Upon further review, your account will remain permanently banned <laughs> due to a violation of our integrity oh. and authenticity policy. So I kind of looked up this policy. It's basically like you can't do a TikTok about how to artificially increase followers for example that's not being that's not you know you're not showing integrity with that you can't uh, pretend you're somebody else you can't and then there's stuff where you can't like disparage other people or things like that so i'm just okay, trying to think did you do any of no, those things it's basically us interviewing those people like i guess dr McElroy was um you know, she shouldn't have had critiques of the American healthcare system, but why does some, you know, owned by the Chinese. you know, why does TikTok care about that? I mean, I thought they'd be happy if someone's slagging America because yeah. it's all filled with Chinese propaganda. So that's not true, uh, but I don't know. Listen, well, dude, that's very weird because one of the most exciting things about TikTok. Uh, and again, maybe those accounts get closed down too, but one of the most exciting thing is young people mobilizing, mm -hmm. um, with, you know, anti right wing stuff, anti undemocratic stuff, you know, a uh, worldwide, 
they'll do a makeup video. Some kid will do a makeup video, and in the makeup video, talk about what's happening in mm-hmm. these Chinese concentration camps. And um, oh, I don't know. That's uh, I mean, it's almost like it's hilarious, but it's also like very uh, unfortunate. And I wish there was a better story there. You should get kicked off for doing something. Yeah, like exa- actually. exactly. And one of the things for the integrity and authenticity policies, you can't use music. Of course, we're going to be using music in our podcast in a few minutes, but you can't use music that's unauthorized. I'm like, that is every single TikTok video. It's all dancing to music. It's insane. Anyway, so, and if you actually look online, there's people with millions of followers who just one day get their accounts banned with no obvious reason. And and it's very hard to get a hold of an actual human to appeal your case. So uh, basically, I don't have time to do any further appeals for this. I did did say to this email, I responded and I said, you know, what exactly was the problem? And why didn't you send us any warnings about any concerning material? So I don't know. I'm not really sure it's worth my time. If anybody wants to run our TikTok account, reach out to us. And uh, (laughs) I will uh, set up another Uh... one. I think we put it to bed. TikTok, we barely knew ye. Okay, so Ali, 30 years ago was 1992. Uh, a great, great time for music. And we last year we did 1991, so we figure on a yearly basis towards the end of the year, we will each pick our favorite albums from that year and have a little debate about what we consider the best. I yep. challenge Ali. Now this is this is what we consider the best. It's a personal choice. It's our personal favorite. So feel free to disagree. If we missed any, let us know. Yeah. And and disagreement we're anticipating that. I had a pretty significant disagreement with my wife last night about this subject. Oh boy. Oh boy. Um, it's uh you know we're in bed, which is supposed to be a nice time. Mm. And she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm looking up these songs from 92. So she keeps doing the same. She, she starts doing the same thing. And then she's like, you're obviously going to put this album on and you're going to hear which one I'm saying. And I'm like, mm, I'm going to make that an honorable mention. And she's like, but why? And I'm like, because it only had like one song that was good. Two songs that were good, maybe. And she's like, well, it was a different time. Back then, you got an album. Yes, there was one song you loved. And then you just learned to like the others. You just kept listening to them. And I'm like, I don't think that's what that time was at all. I remember getting the Black (laughs) Sheep album for one song, listening to every other song multiple times in an effort to like it, and then all of a sudden hating Black Sheep. I'm like, you screwed me real bad, Black Sheep. Okay? This is the first album I had to pay money for from Columbia Records. And I did it for you. And uh, and this was an awful album with one big banger hit. And my wife was like, yeah, that's the way it was. And that was no, fine. No, I that's say, how I, it was. And we yeah, liked it. No, I disagree with her as well. Um, yeah. Because, you know, when I was in bed beside you guys, I disagreed with her too. No, uh, that's I not I heard happened. some rustling. Yeah. That's not what happened. No, but because I went back and listened to albums. And I took some off my list and I put others on when you realize, oh, there's not that many good songs that I recall yeah. in this album. The, the or problem with this here... exercise is you will do that tomorrow, potentially. Yeah. You won't. But if you did tomorrow, the list would change again. It's a very dynamic yeah, list. It's very anyway, dynamic. Yes. So we yeah. have our top 10 each. Uh, we like to play some clips from songs, but maybe we'll do that for maybe when we get a bit into our top 10s, maybe not right at the beginning because 
otherwise we'd just be playing music all episode and we do have a secondary topic but before we get into that let's talk about a few honorable mentions uh mm -hmm, things that didn't sure. make our list but are important uh so i'll just give some examples you know we have in 92 the grunge movement is now kind of taking off alternative music and there's bands that were kind of commercial alternative bands i like to call them so like stone temple pilots and soul asylum they had important albums core from stone temple pilots grave dancers yeah. from soul asylum big hits didn't really make my list uh bruce springsteen released a double album this was now the double album craze that happened in the early 90s uh later on smashing pumpkins will release a double album as well most of these double albums are not good and bruce springsteen <laughs> re released human touch and lucky town human touch is not good lucky town is a great album but didn't make my list uh what else we got um bare naked ladies gordon so bare naked ladies uh, had a big hit with their independent album before uh gordon this was their big in canada their major label debut would be several years before they got really big in the u.s but it's an important album not really one of my favorites a few good songs on that um and then of course crisscross totally crossed out listen that's <laughs> a, i'm sure that album's not good but jump um is a great song crisscross was great man come on you can't deny those guys Okay. All right. I like that it's in your honorable mention, and that's where it should remain, in my opinion. What about your honorable My mention? honorable mentions? I mean, I have some equally weird, like the Gin Blossoms. What? How many times I belted out, hey, jealousy. I mean, I think it made my voice better. <laughs> I don't know about that, but they will make an appearance perhaps later on in this episode. Oh, well, they? Oh, great. So New Miserable Experience, the name of the album. That's, a, that's an honorable mention. You mentioned Core. STP Stone Temple Pilots. That's got to be honorable mention. That's I mean, it's not the best, but it's still like it had a, it had an effect on me. Mm -hmm. That album, uh, Prince. I love Prince. You come into mm -hmm. my study. I have a I have art. You know, a, a drawing of Prince, and but I didn't like this album particularly. Oh, this is his love sexy. symbol. Album. Yeah, love symbol album was it, you know sexy MF is there, and then that's the discussion I was having with my wife. Because she's like, you have his art on your wall, which we don't understand why you do. And, you know, you're not even going to put him in your top 10. But but, anyway. but listen, uh, that album, yeah, Sex MF I don't really like. But uh, My Name is Prince, is that is a bold song. I love that song. And Seven. Uh, and then there's also The Morning Papers. There, there are quite a few good songs like on that album. Uh, yeah, sure. But, um, yeah, it didn't make my list either. But it, it's a great album, I think. Honorable mention, Body Count right mm -hmm. body count the name of the album was also body count ice t fronted this band for a bit mm -hmm. they had that single cop killer that was like i don't know this was a time where i was i, I we've mentioned this before when we were talking about 1991 i was absolutely immersed and fascinated with uh police brutality against black people in you know these various communities particularly in la um so that that song cop killer was huge for me has to get a, a um, an honorable mention pete rock and cl smooth mecca and the soul brother wasn't my favorite of their work but there's still some great stuff on there troy is a fantastic song and then this is like people are gonna not be happy with me but dr dre the chronic mm. honorable mention yes let me ride is amazing nothing but a j thing is amazing but Dude, it's like, I just didn't like his vibe on it, right? Like, he was like, 
he was going after Easy E. He was going after Ice Cube. It just felt like uh, it felt like a, a, an ex boyfriend or an ex girlfriend, and with petty vendettas and stuff. And you know, I, I, there's better Dr. Dre out there. I just think the Chronic. Um, there's there's good things, but there's bad things too. It just didn't make it. It's a tight list. Look, once you hear the list, you'll understand. Yeah, I'm sure that's probably the one we'll get the most sl- uh, slack for. No, not slack. Um, what's the, what am I trying to say? Well, they'll be upset the most. Love? Yeah. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> they'll be fracking? I don't know. Flack. Something like that. It's flack. flack. It's FL. That's right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's 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 get started with this list. So, Ali, why don't you say your number 10? My number 10 is The Black Crows. And it's uh, an album called The Southern Harmony and Musical Company. I uh, Musical Companion. It's the second album. It's uh, It was a vibe. This is a very personal choice. This was something that I just really loved their style and in their and their energy. In 1992, I had a lot of energy. And so a lot of the a lot of the bands I loved had high energy and and um the vocals of uh Chris Robinson. I just love that raw style. I love the uh, you know, it's the same thing with comedy. Somebody comes up to the mic and you're like, did they even rehearse this? Of course they did. It's an incredible. A piece of work that makes it look effortless. That's the way I felt about him. It's like, is this guy just like wake up five minutes ago? And he's just like, um, this is just his raw, unfiltered voice that he does nothing to. Probably took a lot of care of it. Probably nurtured that voice quite a bit to make it sound the way it did. But um, yeah, a big fan. Possibly controversial choice. Very personal. That's my number 10. Interesting choice. I forgot that Black Crows even existed as a band, so wow. definitely not on my thing. Oh. Uh, I thought they were a bit overrated as a band, but anyway, that's beside the point. Uh, <laughs> speaking of overrated, here's a band that uh, Ali may be unimpressed with. It's number 10 for me is In Excess. Welcome to wherever you are. In Excess was huge a uh, few years earlier. They had Kick. I mean, That's the thing. What? No, they couldn't follow Kick. Well, this is this is what people said. This album is great. It was really a return to form for them. Really underappreciated. Oh, he's shaking his head. You, when was the last time you listened to this album? Like, I don't think you have. So, uh, uh, the maybe there's a good reason know, for that. <laughs> the songs people would know from this are "Heaven Sent," "Not Enough Time," and "Beautiful Girl." That received a lot of uh, airplay. The video because it was talking about body image. Uh, in in women, uh, this was this was this was the peak. People compared this similar to Acton Baby as a resurgence for you too. I don't think this is quite on that level, but it is. It's the last great album from In Excess. Michael Hutchins died about five years later. Uh, I really encourage people if you if you're like Ali, you're like no, nah, this this is not a good album. Just check it out. It's quite good. Okay, all right. Number nine probably should be higher, but it's Neil Young Harvest Moon. Mm-hmm. It's just not the it's not my favorite Neil Young, but it's Neil Young still, you know, at, at his best. It's described as a love-struck masterpiece. It remains one of the finer moments in his uh, in his career, if not the finest, depending on who you are. And, uh, yeah, I love Neil Young. I think, uh, you know, with Neil Young in the news lately, um, you know, as, as the antidote to the insanity of, uh, of American politics often, I think... Um, He's top of mind as well, and that probably has that has a lot to do with why I'm celebrating him. I put Harvest Moon up there. Not on my list, but it's a great Jesus album. It's, it's 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 <laughs> uh, he's great. So number nine for me is the Jesus and Mary Chain Honey's Dead. <laughs> what? And okay. this uh I'll tell you 
I a lot of these which, albums. Which girl liked this album, and then no, you started not, listening to it? Not none at all. No? I mean, I don't know if people have listened to this album. I didn't listen to it in nineteen ninety two at all. I listened to it probably six or seven years later. I don't know how it, I got into it. I started listening. To it. I'm like, this is amazing, and to think that I, I this sound that Jesus and Mary Chain has on this album is so modern, so fresh, beyond what anybody else was doing in nineteen ninety two, and. Uh, I, I just thought it was amazing. So I discovered it years later. I thought they were quite groundbreaking. Again, not my favorite band. I don't know, own any of their other albums, but this album I thought was great. Uh, and what I'll do is I'll put a playlist for all of these songs on our YouTube uh, channel, and we'll, we'll put that as a link as well in the show notes so you guys can listen to a, a couple songs from each of these albums. But that's my number nine. Ali, your number eight. Number eight is Eric B. and Rakim, Don't Sweat the Technique. Rakim is really not just one of the best rappers with one of the best flows. I really love his style, but he's also an incredible lyricist. He shows that on this album. There's, there's, you know, in a time when people are like very narcissistic in their rap, he is talking about the experiences of veterans and in, in war. You know, he's got this song called the Casualties of War that's amazing. And then know the ledge don't sweat the technique the song are amazing um you know one two one two combos i, I just um if you're into rap and you have not either discovered this album or listened to it in a long time i encourage you to go back and have like an incredible and there's another album coming up that's the exact same thing for me um these are just beautiful flow smart lyrics and, and a lot of talent well, during this list, you see Ali and I's taste, uh, how they're different and they diverge, but can't fault that. Uh, that's a classic album from a classic band. My number eight is 5440's Dear Dear. Uh, <laughs> and and I, lo I love I love your support of Canadiana. I really do. You know, this is I, I, I veered towards a completely different thing and there was not that many Canadian bands I supported, but good for you. Well, it's you. interesting because I don't love 5440. They're certainly not one of my favorite Canadian bands. I've seen them in concert several times, but they're not my favorite. This album, it's very interesting how I discovered this one. Uh, there's a couple hits on it. Uh, Sheila, Nice to Love You, ones that people have all heard before. But I was going to see the Kids in the Hall when they had a reunion uh, tour. And they just played this album while we were waiting for the show to start. They just oh, played nice. it in its entirely, in its entirety, I should say. And it was just amazing how every song on this album was good. Like it just kept playing. I'm like, this is amazing. So then I think I picked it up then. So several. Did you recognize? Later, you recognize the yeah? Because you know all the hits, and then you're like, well, but what's this song I never heard before? That's really oh, good. Okay. And then this one's really good. So then I picked it up. I'm like, oh, it's great. So I bought it several years after the fact, uh, and and discovered it. So again, that's another theme is like things get higher on my list when you're listening to an album and every song is amazing on it that's that's also how you get higher on my list and that's why this appears on it even though they're not even on my top probably 30 favorite bands of all time yeah all right i hear ya where are we at number seven i get this is one i went back and forth about i almost put this in honorable mentions but I think it deserves to be in the top 10. Sometimes you're affected by what's happened to the band in the last 30 days, 30 years, I should say. Um, it's uh, Check Your Head by the Beastie Boys. It's not Paul's Boutique is my problem. And I think that is an issue that I have. It's just it's the same thing came up when you said In Excess. And I'm like, well, it's not that album. But 
it was still a great album. I, I do have to admit, I think that it doesn't have as many bangers on it, um, but it was still like if I th- again, these are personal choices. And if I think about uh, what you what you want, you know, again, matching my energy and how much mm-hmm. I would get into that past the mic is also incredible. Um, I really still I I did really like this album and I and I know that it was well, you know, Spin ranked it as one of the top 20 of the year. Village Voice had it high, your Pitchfork had it up there. So, I know it's a well-regarded album. I had to really question if it belonged here, but then uh, like yourself, us if I've been going back and listening to songs and what they do to me, like once I hear like a bass drop or a beat drop uh, and the way I feel, that pretty much was like, yeah, this is going in my top 10. That's and that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Uh, it's not on my list, but I what? can't disagree no. with you. I know. Okay. I, it, it was it, it was an honorable mention for me. I just didn't mention it before. It's it, I you know the problem is as you said, it's not Paul's boutique. Paul's boutique is such a, it's it's a seminal album, and and it's tough to this to be the follow up for that. Um, it's it's tough. Uh, it's certainly the evolution of the Beastie Boys, and I, I can't fault you for that. My number seven is uh, XTC's Nonsuch. So, uh, <laughs> so I can fault you for that, but okay. You don't right. like XTC? They're all right. They're all right. Top 10? No way. But anyway, all right. <laughs> this album is, you know, I used to listen to it all the way through like daily back in 1992. Uh, such a great band. Uh, I would say this is kind of like their descending popularity. Like they're certainly not as popular as they were in the late seventies and, and during the eighties, but I, I think it's great. XTC is a very influential band. This is awesome. Um, people are going to be annoyed at the fact that their first single is the ballad of Peter Pumpkinhead. And you'd be like, that sounds familiar. Why do I know that song? And that's because it was covered by the Crash Test Dummies for the Dumb and Dumber soundtrack. So that's why people know that. They're like overplayed. You're probably annoyed by it. But that was written by um, by, by by XTC. So uh, really a great album start to finish. Um, so it's on my list. Six for you. All right. Number six for me is Gangstar. We've talked about them when we talked about 1991 albums. I really, I love the flow this band has. Guru's flow is just fantastic. It's really one of the most impressive. It's called Daily Operation, one of the most impressive rap albums of the 90s in general. Uh, Take It Personal is a fantastic uh, track. There's another track called Soliloquy of Chaos, which is like, I don't know, kind of unlike anything I had heard at the time. Um, it is uh it's it's an album that is it's it's different, it's complex. I just didn't like the same old, same old like angry, violent, you know, gangster hip hop. And this was very different, very fresh, completely unique flow. You know, you know exactly who it is as soon as you hear the band. And it's um yeah, it was like complex, but at the same time really hard hitting rap. It was great. It's funny that you say you know who it is as soon as you hear the band. I don't know who Gangstar is. I've never. No, well, if you don't know them, if you don't know them, you will never know them. That doesn't help you one bit. But if you (laughs) know the flow, you know. I've never heard. Check out Guru's Jazzmatazz. Jazzmatazz is another really like amazing, and he's using like these French um, samples, which you know, I'm a guy who's living in Quebec, and I hear like French um lyrics and the samples and stuff is fantastic even this one daily operation has some amazing sampling and 
Very good. How about this for a transition? My number six, another artist, probably better known than Gangstar, uh, but uses samples from lots of different cultures. We're talking Peter Gabriel. And oh, us. yes. Oh, oh, my God. So Us is the follow-up to So. So is one of the best albums ever yeah. made. It is so good start to finish. So it's going to be a bit of a letdown just as a follow-up. This was probably, I don't know, five or six years after after So. Great album. There are probably five or six just Stone Cold classics on this album. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this is one where I was listening to again, and this is where I'm like, oh, my gosh, this song. I forgot about this song. I forgot about this song. It is... Uh, it's it's awesome. Like I said, not as good as so, but it definitely needs to be ranked up there. So number six is Peter Gabriel. In my research, I uh, didn't see this. Oh, I did not see go. this album. That's uh, that would have complicated matters. I'm almost happy I didn't. That would have really, <laughs> I would have been up to like three in the morning trying to <clears throat> wrestle with my conscience here. But okay. okay, good choice. So you can do five, and I'll I can start to play some music now since uh, we're uh, now halfway through. In the so. the last, we're in the home stretch here. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Different choice for me, but again, very, very personal. But uh, number five is In Vogue with an album called Funky Divas. And uh, I think, Asif, you're going to play the first song off of Funky Divas. Let's do this right now. Come on, DJ. Huh? This DJ sucks. Never going to get. I would have picked "Free Your Mind," love "Free Your Mind," but go ahead, Ali. Free Your Mind is so good. I know you would have picked it because of all the ladies who told you on the dance floor in the '90s, Asif, my lovin', you're never going to get it, and then walked away from you. And so I'm sure there is some trauma associated with this song. But man, come on, how does this? How do you not move? How do you not move? your neck and your back while you're listening to this song. So anyway, that is not just that song. As you say, there's three or four, what I would call stone cold bangers on this song uh, on this, on this album. And I I was really getting, you know, SWV and Vogue. um, There was a, there was these few, these female, the, the, the boys to men type of formula, but, but I just, I would take them over boys to men. Like I really, really loved the beats, I love the harmonizing. I love their lyrics. This was like great. I know I, there was also like, uh, I think the year after is when, uh, oh God, I'm blanking on the name. What's her name? Left Eye and TLC. Yeah. The year, a year later or so, two years later, TLC came out that added a little bit of a, a raw edge to this type of, uh, format but but these are these are the ogs for me in vogue is fantastic og and in, in vogue and swv ogs <laughs> swv oh my god yeah I forgot this is with voices bro you can't forget that as mentioned our lists diverge significantly well i think i think we will have some similarities as we get through our top five but um this is people know i love canadian music uh growing up in canada as did Ali, so I don't know why he hates it so much. But this what? is my favorite Canadian band. This was an album they released. Um, this is the, the Northern Pikes, and their album's called Neptune. They had a big hit in 1990 with um, She Ain't Pretty. Uh, that was their huge hit. Not one of my favorite songs. I, I don't really like that song very much. But this album I love. I listened to it a million times. So this is Believe from this album. I think when you guys hear the riff, you'll recognize it from the radio.
fast forward to the chorus. So, Ali, where does the Northern Pikes Neptune you know, rank on your list? Well, Asif, when I when I say that that song does nothing for me, that's actually an overstatement. Okay, number four. My number four is Arrested Development. And Asif told me, right before we started recording, they have like 17 more albums. These guys are amazing. Let's uh, fast forward to the chorus. This is People Every Day. Everybody knows this song, right? Okay. All right. So, yes. Okay. That song doesn't do something for you. I feel sad for you. You're dead inside. That album is called Three Years, Five Months, Two Days in the Life of. There are three, at least three phenomenal songs on that album. Um, I'm I back that album wholeheartedly. Tennessee is on that album, Mr. Wendell is on that album, and that song is uh People Every Day. Shout out to my friend Arsalan. We would, wherever we were in a bar, we would flock to the center of the dance floor and meet each other as soon as that song would play and just wave our hands in the air. And it's just good vibes, good feelings. Love that song. So my number four is a classic, another Canadian album. Uh, I don't think you can disagree with how good this, this album is. Oh, you'd be surprised. Uh, this is fully completely by the tragic. Ah, so good. So good. How so oh this is, we'll, just, we'll play a little song locked in the trunk of the car, but there's a big uh, intro to this so we can talk over it. Listen, this is the album that cemented them as one of, if not the greatest Canadian band. It's, it's, yeah. The first, their first two major label albums were were very good, excellent. But this is when they just moved into a different stratosphere. Produced by Chris Tangridis, he did a lot of metal bands and hard rock bands early on. He did Concrete Blondes' big hit album a couple of years beforehand, and then uh, then did this. So um, this is uh, yeah, tragically hit. Um, you like it there, Ali? I love it. I love it, man. Okay. So I don't think I could disagree with that. No, so no, um, why don't you do your number three? I'm going to do my number three, buddy. My number three is REM. The album is called Automatic for the People. And the song that Asif's going to play right now. Go ahead, Asif. Make it happen. Try and fast forward to the chorus because when they, well, you know, when it starts on acoustic and then the energy goes to electric, yeah, so good. Best part of the song. Did I guess it correctly? <laughs> it's almost there, guys. 
This is a great song. I'm just going to figure it out. You want to comment about this album at all? Yeah, this song, well, that song in particular is a a journey. It's like symphonic. It's, um, it's, it's, there's joy and then there's deep sadness. Melancholy has been, is, is used, is a, is a word used to describe this album. But, but that's what I love. I loved uh, an album that was a journey. I don't, I don't want a single note album. This was like, I don't know, really like uh, a, a fantastic, um, a fantastic, you know, stronghold in the pantheon of great albums of the 90s. I think I, it, it definitely has to be in my top five. It may come up later, so I won't make any comments great, right now. Great. My number three, I'm just going to play the song. And then you're, it's obvious why this song is and this album is amazing. Okay, you ready? Yeah. So this is Jim Blossom's. Yeah, that's okay. We we, we know. Uh, So this is Jim Blossom's Hey Jealousy we're listening to. This is from New Miserable Experience. Uh, when I first heard this album, I heard, heard the song on the radio. I'm like, who is this band? They define what American music is to me. I think they're such an uh, Americana kind of band with that jangly sort of pop. I just loved what I was hearing. Uh, and then you might wonder, like, this was such a big hit, but what happened? Like, the band had a few hits afterwards, but nothing really came of it. And that's because the original guitarist who wrote a lot of the songs... Uh, he wrote uh, the lead track is Lost Horizons. He wrote Hey Jealousy. He wrote Found Out About You was Doug Hopkins. He was their lead songwriter and lead guitarist who had a significant substance abuse problem hmm. and eventually had to be kicked out of the band. The, the record label forced him to be kicked out of the band and he committed suicide a year later. So they had this huge success and then and the major songwriter now was kicked out of the band and died and then they had to do a follow-up. So... Um, their next album was called Congratulations, I'm Sorry, based on that, because people would see them and be like, hey, congratulations on your big success, and oh, I'm sorry that your bandmate and major songwriter died. So uh, anyway, this is a Stone Cold classic album. Uh, all the songs are great. Uh, number three for me. Okay. I had it in my honorable mentions. I think I, you know, maybe revisit Stone Cold classics because it's a big term. It's a big word that you mm-hmm. just used, and uh, let me see. I'll, I'll revisit and find out. Uh, my number two, Rage Against the Machine, with a self-titled album, and uh, play this song and tell me what it does for you. Starting. I'm starting to sweat. <laughs> uh, it is uh, no a classic album Man, by a classic that, band. That riff. Mm-hmm. But listen, there are so many songs. This band is so intelligent, hyper political, hyper intelligent. One of the best bands. I almost want to punish myself for talking over that. But what a band! What an album! What a what energy! 
and and again the intelligence of this band was like i i you know when you when you're playing a sport you want to be not one of the best so you can learn from the best i loved when i was listening to music like iron maiden for example and i was like this makes me feel dumb and learning about what these songs are about makes me makes me more intelligent i'm learning from this band that's like that not all music needs to be like that but when you have that in your life uh it's really really great and that's why some of these rap artists who I love also like just learning about the reality of situations on the ground in people's lives that you would have as a, you know, suburban Montrealer, I would know nothing about. I, this band is just one of the best of all time. And that album kicks ass. Um, you know, I agree with you for the most part, uh, rage against the scene, uh, toured this past summer. And so I was thinking about going to see them. So I'm like, Oh, I should pull out these albums and listen to them again. And I re-listened to this album. I'm like, there's like five or six good songs on it. It's which That's is a pretty good album. Which is a good album. Good. It's yeah. a good album. But I'm like, you know, people are gonna kill me so much for this. It's a bit repetitive, I find sometimes mm. uh, this album. But um, anyway, Ali's like upset. But uh, so we're at number two for me, right? Is that where we're? Yeah, at? yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. You want to talk about something that is completely the opposite of Rage Against the Machine? <laughs> I'll tell you guys a story. When I was in university. Uh, again, this they didn't have streaming and stuff like that. They had at my university called uh, something called a music listening room, where you could go in there, you could study. There's desks and, and lounge chairs, and in the main room, the, the it's like a DJ who would just play an album. They play whatever they want, and they usually play the full album. Or you can go to a side room, which is sound protected, and you could request a song, and they play it in there for you. So that's and so you kind of would you know that's how you hear new music. So I was in there. And I heard an album by this artist, uh, this album that came out in 1992, and I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I'm like, who is this? I've never heard of this person before. And I listened to the whole album in this music listening room. I didn't choose it. Someone else chose it. And I'm like, this is amazing. Who is this person? So I'm going to play, the, well, I'll just tell you. It's Tori Amos, uh, Literal Earthquakes. And so this is the first song that I heard. So she's, I think, often uh, replicated, never duplicated. I don't know if that's the phrase, but mm -hmm. lots of people try and be like this. It was just amazing. And, you know, she has an interesting story. She it's, got a record It's deal. imitated because if she was replicated, people would be doing an exact perfect cover. That's right. Often Is that imitated, what they say? Yeah. I don't know. Often I've, imitated, I've, I've, never do. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I hear um, what you're saying. But, uh, you know, she had a record deal before this album came out, and it was kind of a pop album and didn't go anywhere. And then she finally said, well, I know how to play piano. I'm classically trained. I'm going to do piano songs. I'm going to write my own music. And then this is what happened. I don't think she's ever, this happens with a lot of bands. We've talked about a lot of other bands with, with it being their first albums. Hard to replicate your first album afterwards, mm. uh, as you well know, Ali. But um, anyway, number two on my list was Tori okay. Amos. My number one is a tie. It's a cop-out, but what I'm sorry. Heck? Yeah, it's a tie. You don't have to play one of them because you already did. Okay. In 1991, I went to see the Tragically Hips Road Apples tour at the Spectrum in Montreal. Rest in peace, the Spectrum. It was a, what I would consider an unfollowable album. You can't follow Road Apples. Such a great album. And then Tragically Hip come out with fully, completely. I mean, 
I, I don't know any other albums like the hundredth Meridian boom, 50 mission cap. Amazing. Fully completely, which you played twist my arm. Amazing. Uh, courage, unbelievable song locked in the trunk of a car. Unbelievable song. And of course, wheat Kings, which I've sang, mm-hmm. which I've sung a, a, a million times with all my heart. Um, this, this, this band is unbelievable, but this album and, and this speaks to what I was referring to, like a, a bar, a band, a group of people who are much smarter than I am, who make me want to learn more. And I get more intelligent just by looking up what a song is about mm-hmm. and learning about who these people are and what we're talking about. It's really, I mean, this album should be celebrated every single year, not just on the 30th anniversary. And what you're saying is so true. The, the tracks that aren't as famous, I love Pigeon Camera. I love the Wherewithal. Yeah. Wherewithal is probably my favorite song in the album. That's true. And, and, I should, I should and, have mentioned and, that and too. Yeah. It just crazy that there could be so many hidden gems in one album it probably should be higher in my list it's yeah. it's so good yeah uh and then my tie for number one in another world uh, completely is Sade's love deluxe that album is fantastic and uh yeah Woo. T- tell us why I- i'm very surprised not that i listen she is amazing uh, absolutely amazing this album's amazing, but wh- yeah. how did that come on your list? Her voice, her vibe, the feeling. This album, No Ordinary Love, Perish the Day, Kiss of Life, I Couldn't Love You More. I'm really great, great songs. Let's fast forward to the chorus for this. Like it's, listen to that guitar in the back, too. unbelievable uh no she's uh, great I, I had a friend yeah. who called her Sade, by the way i'm like come on well that guy um that guy should uh she was somebody female. we know huh no, it's not something no we know. okay okay well some people just need attention because they weren't hugged by their parents as a child that's uh that's that person's problem this is this is her first fourth album too by the way and she was just it's just so incredibly soulful and you hear that guitar too. There's there's you know pop and rock influence mm-hmm. going throughout, but it's also very jazzy. It's um, you know it's worth definitely being exploring. And in a you know in a, in a crowded landscape, she was nominated for a Soul Train Music Award for the best album. It's really really something special to me. And again, it is a personal choice. But I had this album, and this would it would just transport me to I don't even know where. I can't even tell you where just like a completely different land when I would listen to this. And, and, and it did it again when I listened to it in the last few days, just preparing for this. So Sade definitely, and it's, it's all obviously weird. You don't see the tragically hip and Sade on the same list. <laughs> side Alone by side. the same. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, uh, but, but that's great. Very influential for me and, and, and incredible. So my number one, it's already been mentioned on our list. We didn't have a lot of overlap, but the, the we've had two overlaps on our on our top 10 list. And this is the other one I said was going to come up later. Uh, and this is Automatic for the People by R.E.M. It is the best album by one of the greatest bands of all time. Period. End of story. Yeah. The song I will play, I still need to play this, is Night Swimming, which is probably my favorite song so by, uh, on, so the, on this album. Night Swimming 
deserves a quiet night With photograph on the dashboard This song is, is kind of emblematic of this album. You play this and you stop what you're doing. You're like, what is that? Who am I listening to? Mm. What What is this? And I played yeah. the song for my kids. They're like, that's an amazing song. How often do you play a song for your kids on the first listen? They say something's amazing. It never happens with music I like, right? Uh, music or anything. There's nothing I could do for my kids where they go, that's amazing. My seven-year-old baby, but not music. Music, is, no. that's, a, that's really quite a testament to how good it is. That's Michael Stipes at his best. Uh, it's beautiful. It's like heart-wrenching i love i always love the way his voice kind of croaks at the beginning and you go oh is that a mistake and then as you listen more you go no that is that is texture that's on purpose that's part of the experience of this song yeah that's great so that's it these are our top 10 lists from 1992 at the very least don't be negative look at this in a positive way (laughs) we had a lot of differences but that's a good thing it means you got almost 20 uh uh, albums uh more like uh 18 but then all had two for number one anyway you have several uh that you can take a listen to if you've never heard them before or if you love these go back and listen and like ali said re-listening some of these albums is so fun i'll do two playlists on uh, youtube and you can check those out happy listening and now doctor to the penis Okay, Ali, so we decided to do this topic on circumcision. Actually, I mentioned it to you because in your book, Plugging the Book, which is yes. entitled, Is There Bacon, Bacon in, in Heaven? Heaven, out with Simon and Schuster, makes an incredible Christmas gift for your loved ones, even though there is a small part about circumcision. Don't let that deter you from buying it for uh, for, for loved ones or your parents or your kids. Um, yeah, I, it was a, it was, a, it was a traumatic experience for me uh, twice. I wasn't even doing it for myself. Oh, right. You mean, cause you have two sons. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and, and, and also part of it was, why am I even doing this? I'm not sure. Why am I right. doing this to a child? So it's, uh, you know, it was a bit of a soul searching exercise for me twice. A guy who never thought he was going to have children and then now has four and two of them were in the position of, you know, possibly requiring a um a circumcision so we should probably just mention this this is actually i don't know if you know it's a very controversial topic i in, do know in medicine yeah. and so we should state our biases right up front and people might say we're biased that's fine but um we're muslim in our uh culture religion circumcision is part of it uh we're not terribly religious either of us so you can draw your own conclusions on how relevant that is. In fact, Ali as a whole, as we mentioned, chapter in his book about this subject. So, uh, and, and his relation to re- his religion. So, I, I have two girls, so who obviously this didn't come up with them. So, and Ali has two boys, and it did. So, that that's our background on it. We're going to try and stick with the medical aspect as much as possible. Um, so, I just want to kind of throw that out there to begin with. Hmm. I'm kind of confused about why we do it and i think that's why i wanted to talk Mm -hmm. to you about it um in this in this arena in this format why did sort of you know humankind originally start doing this how did this come Mm -hmm. up i know in the jewish religion and the muslim religion it's part of it but but you know we predate those religions as humankind 
Yeah, yeah, no, it's a good question. And I guess let's start at the beginning. What is circumcision? I, hopefully people know, but it's removing this fold of skin that normally covers the gland's penis, right? The head of the penis. And so there's no real consensus to when it started. Some people say it may have originated in Egypt 15,000 years ago, and then the practice later spread through the world as we had migrations through history. And some Egyptian mummies and wall carvings that have been discovered had records of circumcision. So there is some evidence for that. But other people believe it may have developed independently in different cultures. So when Columbus arrived in the New World, he found that many of the um, First Nations people who were here when he arrived were already circumcised. So did that just develop independently? Um, also, why was Columbus uh, snooping around on people's penises over here anyway that's another maybe for another time that's an entertainment topic or a medical i don't know i don't know what that is okay right. so um why cultures did it they may have thought it was for hygienic reasons the, as you know there's an enculturation of a, maybe a passage to manhood a mark of cultural identity or even in some places a ceremonial offering to the gods imagine the god getting offered that they'd be like <laughs> what the <laughs> I uh, I said steak. What is this? This is not cheap cheap meat here. Um, and you know, in Middle Eastern cultures, it's been present for at least three thousand years. Uh, we know as time went on in the nineteenth century, it evolved into a part of routine medical practice. But this is where I start to get a bit. Uh, not evidence-based, definitely, uh, mm. because they said, oh, you know, uh, we should do that. It can cure hernias, paralysis, epilepsy, insanity, headache. So this is no is longer, uh, children do it. This is no longer doing it at the beginning of some child's life. This right. is people doing it later in life. Yeah, or to prevent it later on, you know, okay. uh, to prevent these problems. They also said it could prevent clubfoot, asthma, gout, rectal prolapse. I mean. Wow. You know, so and we'll talk about it. really none of those things uh, are, are are really associated uh, mm -hmm. with it. But but there was some uh, suggestion that it would help uh, decrease masturbation. Uh, so they would. Uh, do, I mean, there was. Lots How's of that working out for you, huh? <laughs> I mean, so yeah, a lot of lot of problems with with. Uh, it being done in the past for like spurious medical reasons. Mm. And is that where the opposition to it grew because it was not evidence-based or it was like, you yeah. know, pagan offerings to the God. Is that where the opposition started? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think it comes down to um, s some groups believing that there's, there's not a lot of strong evidence for any medical reasons, as, as you were saying, and that it is a cruel an inhumane practice that that is kind of the belief of a lot of people uh the uh there is some evidence that doing circumcisions in infants uh without any anesthesia right can predispose them to pain disorders and decrease sensitivity to pain later on so in other words people are saying it can be a traumatic experience for a baby that can have consequences later on uh, there are also some risks, which we can we can talk about uh, later, uh, that, that uh, people are, are concerned about as well. There was a discussion about that it may decrease, like, sexual pleasure and penile sensitivity later on. Uh, but in fact, there was a study that was done, I'll link to it, uh, where they assessed objectively, using various methods, penile sensitivity in adult men. Half of them were circumcised, half of them were not. And 
they found that there was minimal long-term implications for penile sensitivity as a result of this. So that's one thing that's kind of been opposed. But but essentially, people are like, this is cruel, inhumane practice, which serves, serves no purpose. So why are we doing it? And of course, I think for the rest of the discussion, we're going to leave aside the issue of it being part of culture because this is a medical podcast. So mm-hmm. if that's okay, Ellie, we'll just can just stick to the medical aspect. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think that, thank you for asking permission from a, a pretty non-religious guy here. You have my, you're cleared, you're cleared on this end. No, obviously we want to talk about the health reasons, you know, from a religious perspective, if you're compelled to do it, you're compelled to do it. Now I, I had it done for my son's, you know, part of you, you, you're raised by someone who, you know, uncircumcised you're yourself uncircumcised you feel like maybe there's some obligation to do it whether you are particularly religious or not but man you know my older son when it was done to him he was a very happy child you know he is a very happy child he remains a pretty happy guy uh but he's happy you know just like his pants are coming off he's in his natural state loves being naked and then when it was like uh, cut I remember he looked directly in my eyes and he just screamed out loud. And it was a kind of like this, what is this? Why would you do this to me? I remember just being like, oh my God, why? And I was like, never again, never again. And then, you know, three years, four years later, you're like, all right, we'll do it again. So you're, you're sometimes compelled by these religious reasons that exist in the back, even though you're not sure why. So that, you know, that is whatever that is that's just like you know brainwashing or propaganda or whatever that 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 lives in you but i i don't that's not what i'm interested in i'm interested in the health reasons to do it and are there any health reasons to do it then yeah and so that's the thing there is evidence for some uh, some things that circumcision can help or prevent or cure so let's talk about some of those things so some of them are related to uh kind of issues with with um retraction of the foreskin or infection around there so uh, you can get what's called phimosis which is difficulty pulling the foreskin back because uh, if you have poor hygiene or repeated infections you can get this fibrotic ring of tissue which prevents this retraction um and that can cause further hygiene issues and things like that so if you have this this phimosis, it is recommended um, to. You don't have to have a circumcision just because of that. It's not a very. It's a pretty common problem that people have. So usually you can treat that just with hygiene. You don't have to jump to circumcision, but certainly if you are circumcised, you will not have this problem by definition. Hmm. Another thing, which is almost the opposite, is something called paraphimosis. It's the inability to reduce a retracted foreskin back to its proper position. Okay. That is very different. That the first one, if it happens again, just hygiene and and, and some uh, other methods can can help. It's not an emergency. If the foreskin is retracted, it cannot be put back. That is a medical emergency, a urologic emergency. If not, you can get swelling and blood constriction that cuts off supply to the distal end of the penis, which could be mm. catastrophic, right? So so um, if that ever happens, you need to go um, see a. Uh, 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 they go to the emergency room and get a consultation with your urologist immediately and they can talk about uh, uh, options uh, for for that and again if you are circumcised that would not be an issue you could also get infections so um balanitis is an infection of the glands penis and you can also get uh, infections of other areas as well so those are decreased if you're circumcised 
so it doesn't mean, like I said, you, you have to do that because hygiene uh, in that area can prevent a lot of these things. So it's not an absolute reason, but if you're circumcised, will you get those other things? Very unlikely. Okay. Mm-hmm. The other thing that's uh, come up is uh, a couple of things is urinary tract infections. So it is shown that uncircumcised males have a higher risk of urinary tract infections than circumcised males. Okay. So that's a true statement. So you say, you might say, okay, well, let's do that. Uh, let, let's, let's circumcise all uh, men uh, when they're born to, so they, they don't develop um, these urinary tract infections. But the issue is that urinary tract infections are very uncommon in boys, more, much more common period. in girls. Yeah, yeah period. Yeah. So, yeah. so you're absolutely, the absolute risk of getting it is low. Another way of looking at it is you would need to circumcise 111 to 125 infant boys to prevent one UTI in those patients. Uh, so you'd have to do a huge amount of, of uh, circumcisions to prevent one UTI. And Urinary tract infections, we all know, like our kids or, or perhaps um, our partners or ourselves have had urinary tract infections. They're not like life ending. If you have recurrent ones, they could cause kidney scarring or things like that, but you, know, you just need to be treated for it and then things can clear up. So uh, now we're getting into something so which is going to come up numerous times in our conversation. On a population level, it does not make sense. It's not cost effective or necessary to circumcise every single male, say in, in Canada or North America, to prevent urinary tract infections. But whether it's important for you and your decision-making as a person, we'll talk about that. Also, is it a bad idea to give a, a guy cash in a garage? <laughs> I mean, is I that... Would, uh... Probably not and probably uh, uh, avoid that. Okay. Um, well, we'll talk about that with the risks later on. Uh, <laughs> but uh, two more things that it, it, it could decrease. The risk of contracting HIV, that has been, uh, and other uh, sexually transmitted infections, it has been shown that circumcision decreases, that, especially when it comes to HIV. Okay. And given that you already mentioned there's low risk and you know with the uti it's already low how what 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 numbers are we looking at here yeah. for uh... center for disease control did a, some modeling about this right and they said if you if you just look at heterosexual transmission of hiv uh, you could reduce it by 16 percent uh uh overall if you circumcised every single male in, in america I would say that's pretty significant then, right? But it's, it, it also depends on your racial background because that's the overall. It's 8% for white males and 21% for black males um, just because of the different risk factors depending on, on your race. And so, but if you look at now what we said, the number needed to treat, uh, you would need to treat 298 males to prevent one HIV infection. Okay, so the other, remember the one for the uh, urinary tract was 100 to One for 125, yeah. It's almost 300 uh, that you'd have to prevent one HIV infection. Okay, and, but as you said, a UTI is not life-threatening, right. whereas this is a little HIV more serious is. and can be, yeah? yeah. Oh, HIV, sorry. I was talking about sexually transmitted diseases in general, but HIV is definitely can yeah, be life-threatening. It, it is. So, so they basically found if you estimated the cost at $257 for the procedure, they said it would be a cost savings in the Hispanic and black population, but not necessarily in the white population because mm -hmm. of the risks, right? Like the, the increased risk in certain populations. They also didn't factor in the potential side, of, uh, side effects or complications from circumcision. And, and so 
this was the modeling they did. So you could argue, okay, so maybe in certain populations it makes sense, but maybe not a global thing. And of course, in Africa, where HIV is is quite prevalent, you may make different public health decisions in, in the continent mm. of Africa, as opposed to uh, in North America. And again, it's coming down to your personal preference, because again, maybe you make different decisions based on the uh, demographic group that you are a part of. I mean, are we, are we talking about safe sex, like condom usage, basically? Is that what the, what it all boils down to? Well, this is, this is a thing. There's a risk that men may think, oh, I'm circumcised, so I'm not going to use condoms because I'm less likely to get HIV. So how would that alter the, the modeling? And they didn't account for that. So it's a very intelligent question, Ali, and, and it's not accounting for that. Um, uh, but it's, it's it, so the idea of safe sex versus not safe sex in that modeling isn't really accounted for. So no. it, it, okay. it is a bit complicated. Now, speaking of, of sexually transmitted infections, um, it does, circumcision reduce the risk of HPV infection uh, and of course, HPV in a male is not as worrisome as the males passing on HPV infection to their female partners who are at increased risk of cervical cancer because of that. We should probably do a whole episode on cervical cancer mm -hmm. and the HPV vaccine. But again, now we have an HPV vaccine that's given to most females uh, when they reach the teenage years. So how would that impact this, right? So now you're doing a surgical procedure to prevent this HPV infection when maybe they just need the vaccine. So see how it's a bit, it's, it can be a bit complicated. And then finally, we'll talk about uh, penile cancer. Okay. So did you know you can get penile cancer? No, something I've never heard of before. So and I hope to never hear about it again, to be clear. Yeah, it really only occurs if you have an intact foreskin in uncircumcised men. But how often uh, do, does anybody get penile cancer? Exactly. It is super rare. It's one in 100,000 men. So not one in a million, but it's quite rare. And it was actually, this correlation was found because years ago, someone found out, somebody realized that Jewish men rarely develop penile cancer. And then they kind of brought this association. That was like 70 plus years ago that that association was found. Mm -hmm. So again, it's pretty rare. It's not something that people worry about. There's other cancers that you should worry about way more than this. But, you know, yeah. I have seen, I, I mean, I do pediatric neurology. I've seen a patient who had penile cancer. I was seeing him for something else. This is when I did my adult medicine rotations in medical school. He was admitted for something else, sadly. But uh, he had penile cancer. And do you know what the treatment is for penile cancer, Ali? Please don't tell me it's cutting off the penis. It is. Yeah. Penectomy. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Penectomy. So, wow. So it was, uh, you know, definitely eye-opening when I met this, mis this gentleman. So, uh, you know, it, it, so you can see it's a tough one, right? Um, so then let's, uh, let's talk about circumcision, right? Because now we've talked about what can happen when you are uncircumcised, but then what about the risks associated with circumcision itself? Right, because, yeah, we could talk about these potential benefits, which may apply to some people more than others, but yeah. there are risks. So one is we talked about if you don't use proper anesthetic uh, techniques, uh, you, you could have pain intolerance uh, later on in life, and th that's that's definitely a concern. So you need to use different methods for pain control. Um, again, we could probably do a whole topic on this, but they s said even dipping a pacifier in sucrose, like sugar, and giving it to a baby has been shown to decrease their their pain response. So that that that's a very simple treatment, which which has been well established in 
in, in babies. Uh, you can use anesthetic agents locally. Uh, you could even do nerve blocks where you inject the various nerves that supply the penis, um, you know, for anesthesia. So you definitely should be using some form of of anesthesia if you're doing this and if you're thinking about doing this you have to speak to your child or to yourself you have to talk to to the person who's doing it about that i mean there's different methods for doing circumcision which i'm certainly not an expert on so i think maybe we'll just leave those aside you don't want to address the uh the seinfeld episode that we all saw about the the moil Chris, that was, yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean i i think i'll probably pass on that yeah so um in terms of the risks the overall risk, we'll just go over some of the stats here. Minor bleeding is a risk, a 1.5% um, risk of, uh, of minor bleeding if you look at a whole bunch of different um, studies. Local infection, so getting infection because of not using sterile techniques, alluding mm. to the um, Seinfeld episode. We can, do... but, but also afterwards, you know, it's it's a scar, right? It's a it's an open wound, and it, it scars, and so what can and you're peeing, so yeah. it's like not only it, the, the, the 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 incision, not incision. What is it? The uh, the snipping. There must be a smarter word for snipping, but yeah, incision, not only yeah. the snip of the incision itself, but in the days following, right. you got a kid in a diaper who might be peeing in their diaper. So you're constantly trying mm. to uh, change the dressing and make sure that, you know, the antiseptic true, is um, true. But so it's, as we always talk about, urine is sterile, though, Ali, right? There's no bacteria. Oh, in yeah, urine is sterile. That, means know, a, that means you have a urinary tract infection, which we just talked about. Right. But still, it's I've not walked, ideal. Uh, I've walked into a few alleyways that did not smell sterile. That's what and happens. Of course, you think it's awful, but. Listen, we've all, those of us who had kids, you know, the poop can get up there very easily. And anyway, well, well, I do understand what you're saying, Ali. So, but you're, but you're right. I'll, I'll just get to what something you were just talking about, which is the scarring afterwards. You can have this meatal stenosis where you get narrowing uh, at the, uh, the outlet of the, the penis. Like, you know, that's the meatus where mm. urine comes out. You can get narrowing after circumcision. So that's why hopefully the person who did it for your kids told you, you're supposed to use a uh, petroleum jelly like vaseline and apply to that area for several months afterwards actually to decrease that so um we talked about the number needed to treat before right for some of the benefits of circumcision the number needed to harm for this meatal stenosis is 10 to 50 in other words for every 10 to 50 kids who get a circumcision uh, you know uh, one of them will develop this meal stenosis but you can reduce the risk a lot if you use this vaseline treatment. sure well, that's that's i, I still do just to be safe you, you, you've been using it for for decades yeah and then so uh lo local infection the n number needed to harm is 67 so in other words for every 67 uh babies who get a circumcision one of them will develop a local infection now there is a risk of severe infection and death from unrecognized bleeding which is very very rare but ali like i don't know what to tell you i've seen a baby who was circumcised develop complications afterwards and died Oh my God. So this was when I was, um, this years ago. So I don't know what to tell you. Like, I'm not trying to scare people. I'm just telling you the truth. It does happen. And people who say that, oh, there's zero risk. There's not, there's not zero risks to it. So there's all, okay, what are the problem. numbers there? Those extremely death. rare, extremely More so much so that we don't than... even have. Okay. Yeah, more rare than penile cancer. Penile for sure. cancer, okay. But okay. but you know we it's, it's so rare we don't have the numbers. But we've talked many times. Anecdotes aren't evidence. But on the same point, you know, you saw the, uh, you see a poor family whose baby has died. Like I mean, it affects you. 
Okay, so I, I'm not going to ask for your recommendation. That might be putting you on the spot too much. But what is the you know medical expert recommendation around circumcision, given all this? Yeah, so it's it's different. There's an American Academy of Pediatric Statement. There's a Canadian Pediatric Society Statement. So basically, they both say the same thing. Uh, they say that if you look at all the evidence, you cannot recommend routine circumcision for all male newborns because uh, the benefits are not sufficient to justify um, doing this procedure in everybody and governments paying for it in, let's just say, North America for everybody. That's why it's not done. Because even though there are benefits, there's not enough benefit to society as a whole to recommend doing it. So nowhere in North America is it being done for free anymore. It's a it's a paid uh, procedure. Um, it can be done for free if you have one of those uh, things, especially the, like those recurrent infections we were talking about, like the phimosis, which, which isn't responsive, then it can be covered. But in general, no. Okay. So... Uh, and listen, there are risks and benefits. That's what these organizations say. There's uh, the the benefits are closely balanced with the risks. So you, again, you can't make general statements. However, for families who are looking to make an individual choice, it's just like anything. You should talk to them about the potential risks and the potential benefits and specific to their situation, and then like, let them make an informed choice about what to do. And I think that's that's the fairest way to to approach it. Okay. Um... Never before has the I'm not I'm a doctor, but I'm not your doctor been more important here. Nobody go get circumcised because of this episode. That's what I'm going to say. But I do appreciate you uh, laying that all on the table. And as you say, it's sort of a, it, it almost feels like a, you know, six of one half dozen of the other kind of situation. So it comes down to personal choice almost. So that's our episode for today. Let us know what you thought about it. Definitely let us know. We talked about two very controversial things. Which will be more controversial? Our album choices for 1992 or the issue of circumcision? Again, we tried to be a bit more objective about circumcision as opposed to the albums. The first part was completely opinion-based. Let us know what you thought. Reach out to us, drvcomedian at gmail.com, drvcomedian on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. We're everywhere, but as you just heard... Not on TikTok anymore. <laughs> Let us know what you guys are, are, are thinking about this episode. Give us ideas for future episodes as well. Ali, anything to plug? Uh, the book we spoke about on sale, um, you know, uh, getting a, a, a nice push over the holiday season from the um, from booksellers, which I really appreciate, particularly um, Indigo and Chapters here in, in Canada, but it's available all over North America. Not available internationally just yet. I have, I'm actually, I've got to, I've got to send the book uh personally to uh, friends in the uk and uh touring does this taste funny my next show starts touring in january in ontario and then in uh, march and april across western canada i notice you're not coming to ottawa where i live i mean that's i know you know what one of my favorite theaters is called the arts court theater and i'm gonna find a date i'm gonna find an arts court theater date and we'll hopefully do that in the uh, in the spring because i yeah. uh, i love it there and i do want to be part of that all right, sounds good. But before you go, remember that although I'm a doctor, I'm not your doctor. Medical issues we talk about are for your interest and information only, and they are not medical advice. Please consult your medical professionals for actual medical advice. Thanks for listening. Bye.